What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Cox Sports Podcast. I'm Jackson. And I'm Carson. Today we're switching it up a little bit. We're going to the NFL. We're doing our top 10 quarterbacks of this upcoming season, the 2020-21 season. Uh, Carson, would you like to just go over our classifications for these guys? Yeah, so pretty much we just took all of our quarterbacks based on what they did last year and what we think they're going to do this upcoming year, and we ranked them from 1 to 10, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh some guys might not be on the list that you think are going to be on the list. So definitely when we post this on Twitter, uh, comment and tell us who you think should have been on the list that we left off or should have been higher, lower, et cetera. Uh, yeah, so I'm ready to get into it. Yep, let's do it. All right. So at number 10, I had Kirk Cousins. Uh, this is, a again, this could be a controversial one. Uh, 26 TDs, 6 INTs last year. Uh, they lost in the divisional round against the 49ers. Um, obviously I think the biggest takeaway from that season was them beating the Saints in the wild card. He really performed well uh, in the playoffs for them. Uh, his regular season stats were a lot better than I thought they were. When I, when I looked them up, I didn't think he had uh, done only six INTs. It's pretty, pretty good, pretty consistent. He takes a lot of heat. He's an easy guy to blame when they have big losses in the division or against teams that they should be beating. Uh, they've had a few losses this offseason as far as Stefan Diggs. They lost their offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski, and they lost Xavier Rhodes on the defensive end, which some may say might actually improve them because he is had been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league last year. Very surprisingly, one of the few stars to just dud last year. But losing Diggs could hurt. I, I like getting Dalvin Cook back. A healthy Dalvin Cook is huge for that team. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, Cousins showed in the playoffs. He showed poise, and he silenced a lot of his haters. If you're a Kirk Cousins hater, you can't really say he's not getting it done in the playoffs. I think beating the Saints in the wild card game was a big statement for him. I think that's something they can work on next year and continue to build off of. So, yeah, I got, I got Kirk Cousins at number 10. What about you? Yeah, my number 10, I have Kyler Murray. Uh, obviously, last year wasn't the best, but I'm more looking forward with Kyler Murray. Last year, though, he had five wins, 10 losses, and a tie, mm-hmm. three for 20 touchdowns, had 3,722 yards in the air and 12 interceptions. Also ran for 544 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, the addition of DeAndre Hopkins and Kenyon Drake, well, not Kenyon Drake, just the rise of him last year right. was huge for them. Having an actual run game with just the absolute devastation of David Johnson hurt my fantasy team a lot. But the emergence of Kenyon Drake is going to be huge for them, especially having him over the span of a whole season. I'm excited to see what Kenyon Drake's going to do in the run game. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, um, obviously top five receiver in the league. Huge number one target for Kyler Murray. Uh, last year, I had Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk as his main receivers, but adding D-Hop with the addition of those guys that are going to be perfect two and three wide receivers for the Cardinals. And along with the offensive line, having that eighth pick, if they could get an offensive line, I really think their run game, not only with Kenyon Drake, but also with Kyler Murray, is going to be huge. So I'm really excited to see what the Cardinals will do. The only downside I could see is the division's obviously pretty tough, but I don't really see – Kyler taking a step down maybe the Cardinals record isn't that good but I think Kyler's gonna have an amazing year next year yeah touching on the DeAndre Hopkins subject I just wanted to kind of point out how big of an acquisition that could be for him having a veteran proven wide receiver for a young quarterback immediately is huge that offense is going to improve I agree with everything you said as far as their skill positions how uh, Kenyon Drake emerged last year and was a really big factor. Fitzgerald kind of at the end, but still provides. And Christian Kirk is an upcoming receiver. And I, I mean, he's a good number two at, or number three, I guess, based on Fitzgerald. They have good, they have a good receiving core. I'm a bit worried about their defense as far as their wins and losses as a total team. I'm a little bit worried about Kyler in that scenario, but I think they're going to put up points. And 
you know, I like their system a lot. So, yeah, no, I, I like that shot. Yeah, one. having Pat Pete for a whole year, I think, is going to be huge for them because he had to sit out with the, what was it, drug issues, which yeah. was, and he broke his Pro Bowl streak, which was, you know, kind of crazy. He made the Pro Bowl every single year he'd been in the NFL, which is amazing. But I'm excited for them to have a healthy and um, having him for a full year. Right. Uh, my hit on Kirk Cousins is not as much as what he did last year. It's just moving forward, losing, you know, your arguably number one receiver in Stephon Diggs your offensive coordinator, a really good defenseman. I mean, it's just going to be hard for him. I think he needs a lot of things to go his way and losing those big pieces within his offense and on his coaching staff. I think he just draws probably to that number 11 spot for me outside of my top 10 list. Yeah, I put him in there. I just think that if they draft smartly, I think that they can regain what they lost in Diggs. I mean, remember, Diggs wasn't exactly a star last year. He struggled a lot. He was more big play than consistent. Uh, so, I mean, I think that they can add somebody in the draft that could provide or even a free agency still. But, uh, yeah, I, I put him in 10 really based off his playoff performance. I just really appreciated the fact that he went out there and finally showed that he belongs in a high class of NFL quarterbacks. And he is going to go on the road, by the way, in one of the hardest places to play in football and win a playoff game. It's a big deal for him, especially him, as much hate as he's got about how he performs in the playoffs. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting with the Saints. You know, we brag about them playing so well in the Dome, but in the playoffs, always they kind of go under the mark as far as playing well in the Dome. It's weird. It's, you know, I mean, it's kind of the way they've lost has been questionable, but the Vikings just came in and they outplayed the Saints that day. And I think this was a really good opportunity for the Saints to make a Super Bowl run because obviously Drew Brees getting older and older. And, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers were a good team, but, I mean, I definitely think the Saints could have – Gave them a run for their money, but losing to the Vikings was a big hit and a big loss last year for them. Yeah, spoiler alert, when we get to potentially the Saints quarterback later on in our list, uh, I will definitely touch on how disappointing that playoff run was for them. Absolutely. Uh, I'll go ahead with my number nine. I had Carson Wentz, 9-7 and seven last year in the NFC East. He made the playoffs, uh, 4,039 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Uh, my big thing with Carson Wentz was what he was able to do with such little talent around him. Not only his receivers, but his defense was god-awful. Um, but when they all get healthy and they have a complete unit, I think um, the Eagles are going to be a threat next year in the NFC East. The Cowboys, uh, we'll talk about them later, uh, they're going to definitely be a threat. But I think Wentz, with all of his weapons, definitely a top-10 quarterback. Um, if he had better weapons, I think he could definitely be higher on my list. But considering uh, their coaching is their strong suit. They have great coaching, but if they had a little bit more talent, I could put them up. But with the talent they have, I can't can't put them higher than nine for me. Uh, at number nine, I had Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, 28 total touchdowns last year, 13 interceptions. His stats weren't off the chain for me. 28 total TDs is a good number for him. He's not very high octane as far as big playability. So I think 28 touchdowns is fair. 13 picks is a little bit high, but... I like that I think he ended up working more down the field as the year went on when um, with the acquisition of Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Debo Samuel, great receivers that they fit that system so perfectly with Mostert and Coleman in the back uh, in the backfield. They were very tough, obviously lost in the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. Playoff stats weren't quite what I wanted them to be with two picks and three INTs. That was a mostly uh, team that was led by their defense. Uh, they had a very they did have a productive offense though, and I don't want to take away from the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo fits that system that Shanahan has, and he's his quarterback for the future. And it's shown that if they can maintain that defense for a couple more years, they can make it to the Super Bowl. And you know, arguably should have won. They were they had that game in hand for a while and kind of blew it at the end. But yeah, now I have Jimmy G at number nine. I think 
looking forward to next year, the 49ers haven't lost much. Uh, they lost Armstead with the defensive end. That might hurt their defense just a bit. But they mostly kept that unit intact, which is a big deal, as we've seen with big-time defenses like the Seahawks. It's hard to keep those guys together for a long period of time. So if they can keep them together for a couple more years, I really think that this team can make it back to potentially the Super Bowl and maybe win it this time. Yeah, the difference between or what I see with the 49ers defense that we see now and the Legion of Boom defense we saw earlier in the decade is the youth. I mean, most of the 49ers defensemen, as far as their D-line, their secondary goes, they're all so young. They're three, four years in the league. And you saw with the Legion of Boom, they were veterans and they were in their upper 20s and such. So I think with this unit, the issue will be in the future trying to get them all paid and content within the 49ers system, as you saw Armstead walk away for a big contract. But as far as them being young, I think when they're on the field together and when they're on the field together, I think their production will be high. Just keeping them together, I think, will be a slight challenge because these dudes, with their production rate and what they've done, they're going to go somewhere and they're going to get big contracts. So keeping them together will be huge for Jimmy G and his production on the offensive end as well. Right. A lot of those guys kind of emerge out of nowhere too. All of a sudden they have what nine guys on their defense that are elite players and out of nowhere too. A lot of, I mean, a lot of those guys I didn't know before the season started, I really got to know that unit well as the season went on. And those you're right. Those guys are going to want contracts soon. Will they be able to keep them all? No. Will they be able to keep enough pieces to keep that defense intact to the point where it's top five consistently for the next couple of years will be the question, I guess. So big yeah. deal for Jimmy because he does rely on the defense. Don't, don't make any I think the funniest that. thing is they have Solomon Thomas, that fourth pick they had a couple of years ago out of Stanford. He just doesn't play. Yeah, the, the fact their D-line is so good where you have a top five pick that doesn't play is astonishing. I mean, he's literally a rotation player, and I just think that's hilarious for their defense. That, it that's shows how good their dominance. Are. Shows so their good. dominance. That is an insane thing that he literally is a top five pick and doesn't play. Because it's you're right. He comes in on third down a little bit. I saw in the playoffs maybe a little bit, but d- does not get double digit snaps a game, no doubt. All right, for me at number eight, I had Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott eight and eight last year missed the playoffs. Nonetheless, he threw for five around five thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, eleven picks. Um, the reason I have Dak over Carson Wentz is I'm more looking forward with Prescott. Prescott going forward has more talent, I believe, than the Eagles do as far as on offense. I mean, the receivers blow the Eagles out of the park. The running game blows the Eagles out of the park. I think the talent on defense blows the Eagles out of the park. So going forward, I could see Dak and the Cowboys being more successful than Wentz and the Eagles. That's why I had to put Dak at my number eight spot over Wentz pretty much. Um, yeah, touching on that, I do agree. I, I agree. I think personnel wise, the Cowboys are a better team. Uh, coaching is one thing. Um, Doug Peterson, Peterson, sorry, is one of the best coaches in the NFL. And he's proven that he can take teams that are not as talented and scheme them to win games. And that's something that I worry about with the Cowboys just a little bit, especially with the first year head coach, not in the league, but on the team itself. It's always kind of learning curves take place there. Uh, we'll touch on him in a minute. Uh, at number eight, I have Tom Brady. Uh, obviously recently moved to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 27 total TDs last year, eight interceptions, good stats for Tom, uh, 27 total TDs, uh, sitting around there with Jimmy G, which is pretty good numbers. Um, I really liked his uh, efficiency last year. I didn't think he was going to come back and be as strong as he was last year, especially with their skill positions at times can be a little bit shaky with injuries, uh, especially their receiving core, uh, but still showed ability to pass with accuracy. Obviously, arm strength is still lacking, and it's not getting any better, and he is showing signs of slowing down, but he's figured out a way to be efficient with the lack of arm strength where he still can have that killer accuracy and can pick teams apart. Uh, 
One thing I love, and this is the X factor and why I probably put him at number eight is joining the Bucks with uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, both 1,000 yard receivers. That team could potentially pop off on offense this year. They're both deep threat guys. Evans a little bit more red zone, taller guy. Godwin a speedster, can really run down the field and get it. That could potentially trouble Brady. Uh, with Jameis Winston as their quarterback last year, he was slinging that thing, leading the league in picks, but also leading the league in yardage. They were going deep. Will Brady be able to go deep with those guys is still yet to be seen. Brady hasn't had a receiver like Godwin or really like Evans in a while to the point, you know, a guy that runs and then a guy that is a red zone threat. Uh, with this new system also with Byron Leftwich as his offensive coordinator, could that potentially provide a spark for Brady or could there be a power struggle? I could see a former player and Brady being a veteran potentially struggling over offensive scheme especially if Leftwich runs something that Brady's not comfortable with, again, has never ran another system besides Belichick's system, will that face some learning curves? I don't know. I like the promise, and I like the addition for the Bucks, and I think Brady at number eight for me. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch the Bucks play, just so many weapons that they have. And having Tom Brady be at the center of that instead of Jameis Winston, I think that's going to be very interesting, and I think that really boosts them to Super Bowl projections, and I'm just I'm really excited for that team. And at my number seven, I have Tom Brady. Uh, just really to add on the points you made, uh, he had 4,000 yards last year, 24 touchdowns, eight picks, uh, great receivers at Evans and Godwin. But I'm really excited to see what he does with Brait and O.J. Howard as he's had great success with tight ends as Gronk. And, uh, yeah, I think O.J. Howard, as far as talent goes, um, up at definitely top five for me as far as, you know, his speed. And I think if utilized correctly, I think he can be a, a big-time offensive player for them. Uh, Cameron Brate, more of the possession red zone receiver. I think he's once again going to come in huge for Brady as in the red zone. He's trying to find a big target that he can throw to with, he obviously has Godwin and Evans, but if they're being covered or double covered, I think Bray breaks open. He's a great red zone threat. So I'm really excited for him. I expect big numbers. Uh, some kicks I have on Tom Brady that could maybe, you know, digress a little bit in him is uh, he really needed that great defense last year with the Patriots to be successful. And he's just not going to get that in Tampa Bay as Tampa Bay. Now, they came on late, but throughout the season, had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Also, playing in the NFC South and not playing in the AFC East is going to hurt a lot. It's when you have to go up against the Falcons twice a year, the Panthers twice a year, and the Saints twice a year. It's just going to be tough. I mean, they're never tough out. I mean, they're never easy outs. So, it's always going to be a challenge in every game they play. You don't get those freebies like you did in the AFC East. But yeah, I think Tom Brady's going to have a great year having these great weapons that he's never really had this multitude of weapons. You know, he's always usually maybe had that one guy, whether it was Randy Moss or Gronk or maybe even Edelman. But now he has, you know, four or five guys that are true weapons. I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. Couldn't agree with you more. At my number seven spot, I had Dak Prescott that we flipped on our seven and eight. Uh, 33 total TDs last year, 11 picks. Uh, led the Cowboys to the most yards by a team last year, which is an important stat. I like that stat. Uh, haters will say a lot of it's garbage yards, which I can agree with to a certain extent, but they were very productive throughout the year. Did it lead to wins? No, but their offense was obviously performing at a high level. Like I said before, still struggles to produce wins. Dak, a really bright future, especially with McCarthy coming in. I, I like the hire. I like the hire for the offense. I think that the un unfortunate thing is I don't know how much better that offense could get. McCarthy is an offensive coach, as we saw with Rodgers. I still do like the proposition of McCarthy's play calling with Dak. I think he might stretch Dak out a little bit as far as deep routes. I like that. I like that uh, addition. 
Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator, I love. I think he's been a really good addition for the Cowboys over the past couple of years. Dak is comfortable with him, which will make the head coaching you know, curve a little bit less when you have an offensive coordinator you've been working with. Uh, a couple guys they lost, Randall Cobb, they lost to the Texans. Uh, and then Travis Frederick, unfortunately, had to retire. Very sad. Uh, but don't let that be understated. That is a huge loss for them. Regardless of it's, you know, you know, people get lost up, like, you know, wrapped up in that it was for injury reasons, but you have to replace them. You have to move on. That was a huge part of that offensive line. A guy that was, before this happened, a relatively healthy guy who started almost every game. I mean, he was very consistent. So losing him will be tough for Dak. They're going to need to find a guy quick. I would prefer the backup that they have already because Dak's worked with them before. Signing a new center could be potentially rocky. But if that offensive line unit stays intact, they can add a skill position, maybe a receiver in the draft. No first-round pick, which does hurt a little bit. But throughout the draft, they can maybe find a steal or two because losing Cobb, they're going to need to replace that productivity. Uh, I like Dak this year, and I like the Cowboys this year. And like you said, I, I really do see them running the NFC East next year. I think the Eagles are a good team, and I think Doug Pedersen can out-scheme the Cowboys at times. But the Cowboys need to take care of – the Giants and the Redskins and the weaker teams on their on their uh, schedule. That's where I see them struggling a lot is losing to teams like the Jets. Like you can't lose those games. You need to be able to beat the bad teams and compete with the good teams and potentially pick off a few and get those double digit wins. Could they win the division at nine and seven or even eight and eight? Yeah, that division is so unpredictable. It could happen. I see them winning double-digit games. I maybe go with a 10-6 and six this year. So, yeah, I can see them winning NFCs. But Dak Prescott at number seven, productivity will increase. I like McCarthy's hiring. So, Yeah, just to touch on one thing with McCarthy, it annoys me that, oh, McCarthy isn't good with running backs. How is he going to do his deep? We saw the rise of Aaron Jones under McCarthy. Yeah. And we saw Aaron Jones, he missed four games with – four games, excuse me, with the drug problem, but he absolutely turned into a top 10 back that year. When he was healthy, his ability to run and catch, and Ezekiel Elliott, you could argue, was just an upgraded Aaron Jones. And so I think Ezekiel Elliott not working with Mike McCarthy is absurd. I think they're going to work great together. And I also think Mike McCarthy working with Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be easy for him to transition to a quarterback like Dak. So I really think the Cowboys offense as a whole is going to be greatly benefited with the hiring of Mike McCarthy. I couldn't agree with you more. I really like the addition of McCarthy and keeping Kellen Moore was huge. No. Uh, the defense as a team and wins, the defense is always the question mark. Obviously the offense was very, very productive last year. Defense, not so much, always suffers a lot of injuries. They have a really, they have a core of guys that, you know, kind of can go down easily to injury, especially in the linebacking position. So in draft, I don't know what they're really going to be looking for. Uh, they d actually did add Don Terry Poe though at defensive tackle, which is a big, big addition. I like that. I think it's super under the radar, but you need a guy that can clog up the middle, and they have not had that. I can't remember the last time the Cowboys have had, like, a D-tackle that's just, like, a beast. Like, they've had some good ends, but D-tackle, they don't have a guy that can fill it up in the middle, and he's going to be big for them. I like the addition. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the draft. I'd like them to address some spots on defense, and then, of course, I want a receiver. Uh, you need to draft a receiver. But besides that, I'm, I'm looking forward to them this year. So I, I got Dak at number seven. All right. For me, we're moving on to number six. I have Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson went 10 and, ten and six last year, beat the Bills in the wild card round. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 3,825 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, 12 INTs. Also ran for 400 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 
you know, he's kind of Superman. I mean, he can really do it all. He makes the throws. He runs. I mean, he's just a great quarterback. And I think losing DeAndre Hopkins is going to hurt. But with the addition of Brandon Cooks, the addition of David Johnson, if used right, is a top 10 running back, in my opinion. As far as maybe not on the running end, but that he is a great receiving running back. I drafted him the last two years in fantasy football. Absolute disappointment. I thought he was really going to bounce back this year with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. He did at the beginning. I was so confused. He was. He was good at the beginning. He was great at the beginning, and then he got hurt, and then they brought in Kenyon Drake, and then David Johnson barely touched the field. Exiled him. Yeah. So I think if Bill O'Brien and the Texans use him correctly, I really think David Johnson could be a good addition to them. They haven't really had a strong running back as far as with Deshaun Watson. They've had Lamar Miller, who's been all right, and Duke Johnson, mm-hmm. you know. But I think David Johnson, I think, once, like I've said, if he's utilized correctly, I really think they can be good. The only issue I see, I just don't see the Texans improving because losing DeAndre Hopkins and then you bring on – you lose an A-plus guy and you bring in B-plus guys, it just kind of cancels itself out. So, I don't know. As far as the Texans as a whole, I don't see their record or their you know what they do in the playoff really getting better. But Deshaun Watson, still young, a lot of room to improve as far as throwing and passing. And I think he'll do that next year. Yeah, the tragic love story between Carson Cox and David Johnson. Yeah, Will you pick him this year in fantasy? Well, dude, question. he's picked like 60th, so if I want to Three years him, in a row. Eh, I mean, definitely not first round, but, I mean, if he wants to come off my bench, I'm here. can't believe that you've hung on to him for this long. It's a great, great Yeah, I still won the championship, and my first round pick does it, so. Fair. That's a good point. Great manager. At number six, I have Deshaun Watson as well. Uh, you've heard the stats, 34 total TDs, eight running TDs is an important thing that I saw. He is insane on the ground, 12 INTs, uh, obviously, like Carson has said, won the wild card, lost to the Chiefs in the divisional. I thought he played well in the playoffs. Obviously, they were up, what, 24 nothing, and the Chiefs just exploded on them. That's a once-in-a-lifetime experience in the playoffs to be absolutely crushed like that in a even, what is it, two quarters of football? Because it was like in the second quarter when that whole, whole thing started. Uh, I... I felt bad for him because I thought he had done a good job, you know, beating the Bills in the in the wild card. Big dub. Bills were good last year, and I picked him. I thought the Bills were going to win. Uh, he proved me wrong on that one. So he's proven that, obviously, from his Clemson days into the NFL. He's ready for clutch time moments. He just needs a team that he can take there, and he can't do it himself. Injuries have had a lot of, to do with that. Will Fuller out almost all of last year or for a long time last year. That's just a huge loss for them. Uh, like you said, the addition of David Johnson and Cooks, Randall Cobb, will that be able to balance out the loss of Hopkins is really the question. Hopkins was Watson's guy. I don't I, – that trade – I know everyone thinks this, and most people do at least. This trade made no sense. Hopkins – there must have been, you know, an ear an, – like a rift in the locker room that could not be fixed. Something was going on bigger there that we don't know about. Uh, Hopkins claims that there was no bad blood between him and O'Brien, but I think that there had to have been something had to have taken place because you don't get rid of a top five receiver with a young quarterback that have just hit their peak of chemistry and just dish him. That just doesn't happen. So that's a huge loss as a quarterback himself. I put him at number six because he can do it all. He's right there with Lamar Jackson, as far as best dual threat and Russell Wilson, they're really just their dual threat ability is insane. Uh, the only thing that I see with losing Hopkins and also, you know, he took a lot of sacks last year, most, most sacks in the NFL, which is a big stat. Does he run a lot? Yeah. Does he probably run into a few sacks? Of course. Is it all the offensive lines fault? No, but there are some cracks there and he's going to need protection. He's a guy that I'm worried about long-term. 
Robert Griffin III comes to mind when you think about taking hits like that. Deshaun's not afraid to run. He's a smart guy, and he isn't reckless with his running. But at times, if you don't have a good offensive line, you can get yourself into some bad situations. I'm worried about him in the future just a little bit. He's shown to be able to be very resilient. Um, I'm hoping nothing happens to him, but I, they need to fix that offensive line. They need to draft a couple, honestly, or free agency, something to uh, lessen that sack load. So, yeah. So at number five, moving on, I had Aaron Rodgers, uh, 27 TDs, four picks last season, made it to the conference championship, obviously took a beating to the 49ers. Uh, had a good season last year, took so much hate last year. I mean, I don't know what it is about, like, mainstream media I don't know if Colin Coward like leads the charge on this but like people just hate Rodgers like I think Stephen A Stephen A can balance out a little bit but like Coward hates on Rodgers so hard and he always tries to pick out like the flaws and I agree the Packers uh the Packers offense wasn't exactly especially in the passing game wasn't a great unit as far as receivers go but 27 TDs four picks he was consistent he did what he needed to do you know um the scheme, he fits that scheme, you know, and I think I think LaFleur has a play calling system that he has, you know, made Rodgers kind of become accustomed to. And I think he's trying to keep seasons on. He's trying to keep career years on Rodgers. You know, I think he's like, look, you know, keep your arm. You know, we're going to go a little bit more, you know, mid range to short level passes as opposed to just going deep because he's got an absolute cannon. And he's, I don't think his arm is. You know, I think his accuracy maybe a little bit, especially down the road, uh, especially later on in the season, kind of like faltered a little bit. I noticed a few games where he just would kind of miss passes that are just uncharacteristic of Rodgers. Uh, but like I said before, that receiving core besides Devonta Adams was an absolute, like, it was one of the worst I've seen, quite frankly. Uh, thank God Alan Lazard came on because if he wouldn't have had them, MBS and Allison were useless last year, and I was really disappointed with them. Uh you know, like I said before, took a lot of heat, but still put up good stats. The addition of a receiver in the draft is an absolute key. I will be so mad if we don't pick a receiver in the draft. I can't even explain to you. We need to even move up. I want Justin Jefferson from LSU. That's the guy I want. We actually might be doing an NFL draft special later on this week or even in the next week as the draft is uh, two Thursdays from now. So keep that in mind. But yeah, no, along with Devin Funchess as a free agency acquisition, we need a receiver. Rodgers is not getting any younger, and that receiving quarter is not getting any better unless you make moves. Adam is, is a top five receiver, and the rest of it, you know, literally role players. So Rodgers at number five for me. Yeah, Rodgers at number five for me as well. And, you know, people look at the 27 TDs and four interceptions and say, oh, he's digressing. He's not doing as well. We're just not looking at the fact that Aaron Jones has emerged into a superstar. Aaron Jones, 20 touchdowns total last year. Led the NFL, no all-pro bid, very hurt by that. Yes. Drafted on my fantasy team, single, not single-handedly, but he was a big contributing factor to me winning that championship. And people just don't take that into account of how good of a season Aaron Jones had all around. So how do you expect a guy to throw but for so many touchdowns when you have a top-five back who – had 20 total touchdowns of his own. And also Aaron Rodgers didn't have Devontae Adams for four games. And you know who his best receiver was? Alan Lazard. You ever heard of Alan Lazard before? Probably not. So <laughs> the fact he actually had this these types of numbers is outstanding to me. And he led them to a 13-3 and record and made it to the NFC Championship. That is astonishing. I really, I really love what Rodgers did last year. You can tell in games sometimes, you know, he doesn't have that zip on the ball like he had, you know, in the past. But I mean, you just can't say this guy isn't a top five quarterback in the league. And I really think, like you said, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, one of them too. Yeah. I need them on the Packers. And I really think the Packers could wind up in the NFC Championship again next year. I don't see this team digressing like everybody says. I really think 
they can make a run at a championship if they do what they need to do in the offseason. Bringing up the Packers on the Cox Sports Podcast turns up the heat, ladies and gentlemen. All right, moving on at number four, I had Drew Brees. Uh, 28 total TDs last year, four picks. Great year from Brees. The Saints were unreal in the regular season. Such a good team. I loved watching them play. Really were, like I had said before earlier when talking about Garoppolo, had picked them to win uh, the NFC, or I'm sorry, Kirk Cousins, when I had picked them to make it out of the NFC, even potentially to the NFC Championship. But, uh, you know, the thing about Brees, as a QB, he's really not showing much signs of slowing down. Has a great uh, receiving core. Michael Thomas, one of, if not the best receiver in the NFL, just a stud. Kamara, a little bit lackluster last year, had a little bit of injuries. Um, but, you know, the skill positions are there. The defense, is there. the team itself is good. They're just struggling to win playoff games. I mean, been strong contenders for the past three years. And of course, had the, had the uh, Minneapolis miracle happen, which was very unfortunate. Uh, but then you come back and lose in the NFC Championship game against the Rams. And then this year against the Vikings in the wild card game, you know, those are bad losses that, you know, Breeze has been close to getting back to the Super Bowl and just can't quite do it. Is it all his fault? No, but he, he does need to assume some sort of responsibility. Their offense kind of didn't show up in that Vikings game at home. I, I don't know. The Vikings cornerbacks with Xavier Rhodes, I don't know how Michael Thomas didn't have an absolute field day. I, you know, I, I'll blame Breeze some, for some of that. I don't know if he was distributing the ball as well as he did all regular season, just didn't show up. Nevertheless, an all-time great Hall of Famer, no doubt. As of right now, my number four, just based on ability, just beats out Rodgers. I just think he was a little bit more consistent than Rodgers last year. Has a way better core of talent on his offense than Rodgers does, but nevertheless, he definitely took advantage of it. Uh, and yeah, isn't showing signs at all that he is fatiguing, still continues to absolutely sling that thing. And overall, just a great guy too. Uh, really showing that I think in his post NFL years, he's going to be a great servant to the league as far as anything extracurricular goes, uh, could potentially see him even involved with the organization itself. But Drew Brees at number four for me. Yeah. Number four for me, I have Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was 11 and five. He threw for 4,110 yards and 31 touchdowns. Uh, my thing with Russell Wilson is, you know, he just in the play. First off, he led the Seahawks to a playoff berth, which, to his credit, the division as far as the Rams and the Rams really in particular, they were down from last year. But nonetheless, I mean, he made it in as a wild card, and then he walked into Green Bay and he almost beat the Packers. And I mean, who their running back was Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch has not played in a year, and they brought him in and almost won a playoff game with him. Astonishing there. And I think moving forward when Russell Wilson has, you know, like three capable running backs to be able to run the ball and also the emergence of DK Metcalf along with Tyler Lockett, I really think, I mean, the stats show themselves what he did with nothing. I think when you have and you incorporate all those things together, Russell Wilson is the top quarterback in this league. And I think late in games, I don't know if I want the ball in anybody else's hands, maybe Mahomes, but Russell Wilson, I mean, great late game guy and Russell Wilson makes him a four spot for me. Yeah, that's a, that's a great shot. I'm moving on to our number three. I had Russell Wilson at my three spot. So we flipped three, four. You had uh, you had Wilson at four. Yeah. I had Breeze at four. And I have Wilson at three. Uh, I put him over Breeze. Uh, I mean, 34 total TDs last year with his running touchdowns included five picks. Great stats. I mean, blows you away a little bit. Uh, the emergence of DK Metcalf last year was huge for that receiving core. They have a good, solid core with Lockett. Uh, you know, he always produces for them. 
huge loss in West, Will Disley. I, I was so upset. I picked him up on fantasy off free agency and balled for me. Absolutely balled. And then tears his Achilles. So sad. Because I'm telling you, that he was out of nowhere one of the best tight ends, especially fantasy-wise in the NFL. He was moving up the ranks. Uh, what, what, what else can I say about Russ? I mean, he's literally – he has represented this league so well in his career. He continues to put up huge numbers. And Seattle isn't quite the team they were, you know, ever since LOB left. They haven't quite had that thing. But he has literally carried that franchise. Like, he carries that franchise to the playoffs, like, almost every year with little help very little help, especially on offense, like does everything for that team. Because um, up until really Chris Carson and Rashad Penny earlier this year, their running game hadn't really been that good since Lynch. They bring Lynch back. You know, he was, he was okay. I mean, he scored a few touchdowns. I mean, it was more of a hype thing, but make no mistake about it. Wilson is responsible for pretty much every good thing that happens in this offense. He does it all on the ground and in the air. Uh, every year, I know Seahawks fans know this. He gets sacked so much. His offensive line is always so terrible. Been sacked 99 times the past two years. Top five in sacks both years. That's just inexcusable. For a guy that won, Wilson's a little bit different than Deshaun Watson. For me, he's more of like a strategic runner, as in like Deshaun will kind of like fly out of the pocket a little bit and want to get the yards, like want to get it on the ground. Wilson does it when he needs to because he's a he's a veteran. I think Watson will eventually become kind of like that where he knows passing's his first option and he's good enough at it that he can just chill in the pocket. Wilson's gotten to that point. So for him to be taking 99 sacks the past two years, and he's smart too, I just don't get that. That offensive line struggles every year. I'm going to say it. I'm sure Seahawks fans have been saying this for the past couple of years. Draft O-line. Draft somebody. I Draft defense O-line. Maybe a receiver. The emergence of Metcalf was huge. I I never understood why people weren't, like, high on DK Metcalf. Like, dude just had all the physical – like, all the physical intangibles were there, and people were just saying that they didn't think he's going to be able to run, like, slant routes well. Like, bro, give me a break. Dude doesn't have to run slant routes. Like, he will run a fly route. No one is stronger than him. And honestly, no, not a lot of people are faster than him either. Like, that's insane. Dude is built like literally LeBron out there just balling. Like, had a great year. He kind of dropped a few passes. Like, he, he did struggle a little bit with his hands. But he's, he's such a good pick. Great pick by the Seahawks. The loss of Chris Carson and Rashad Penny couldn't be understated anymore. They were huge for them, especially Carson. He was a big-time uh, contributor to that offense. Uh, losing to the Packers in the divisional round. I didn't really see the Seahawks going into Lambeau and winning to begin with. Russell did all he could, but at the end of the day, they just didn't have enough in the tank. Running game really hurt them at the end of the day, but dude has been a star for the past, literally the past six, seven years. I mean, he will continue to be that way. Has not shown signs of slowing down. Uh, I'd love for them to add to their offensive line, and that's where I think that he could really perform even better than he did this year. 34 TDs and five interceptions, though, is almost about as good as he can be doing nowadays with given what he has. So uh, Wilson at number three, uh, he definitely passes Brees for me just based off of production last year. I thought he did a better job personally. Yeah, number three, I have Drew Brees. He missed five games last year. He still threw for 3,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, four picks. Let's say he has at least 200 yards in those five games. I mean, that's a 4,000-yard season. And he's compared to all these other guys. Uh, he went eight and three as a starter. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, just want to give him a quick shout out. What a job he did coming in for Drew Brees. And he went perfect with them. And now we got that big contract with Carolina. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Teddy B. What a story for him. Got he was a, I mean, he was a great quarterback. Not a great. He was a solid quarterback for the Vikings. Led him to the playoffs. And then, of course, the ACL and the continuing injuries. He fell behind Breeze. Just capitalized on his opportunity. And now he's a starter for the Panthers. Anyways, but back to Drew Brees. 
Uh, Drew Brees, the only reason I really had him over Russell Wilson was just his weapons. I think Michael Thomas, best receiver in the league for me. And then Alvin Kamara, he didn't produce last year, but I think over time, I think the Saints, like the Saints will realize that he wasn't as big of a part of the offense as uh, they wanted him to be. So I think this upcoming year, I think he'll really be the Alvin Kamara we saw two years ago. Also Latavius Murray. The two games Alvin Kamara sat out, I picked up Latavius Murray on my fantasy team. I know we keep referencing fantasy, but I mean, Latavius Murray put up big yards running, and he's a solid pass catcher too. So I really think if they can turn that into a little two-headed monster back there, I really think they can be productive with their running, and they love to catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, They just signed Emmanuel Sanders to a two-year deal, so that just ups their receiving core. So I just think combined Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Lat Murray, Emmanuel Sanders, and then Jared Cook, who's a great tight end. He's a big guy, goes up and gets it. He has speed on him. I think the weapons going forward will – I think the Saints will be better than the Seahawks. I see the Rams having a better year than last year. So I think the division maybe works a little bit more in the Brees' favor. But, and again, the mm. Tampa Bay Bucks and the Falcons, I don't know about them. And the Panthers, it's all a question mark. But I see the Bree, Brees and the Saints, I see them going forward being better than Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I, I actually disagree with you as far as divisional-wise. That NFC South next year is going to be like a problem. I don't see the Falcons starting off like they did last year. I think they start off like a lot better. I I think the Saints are still the favorite in that, but you add Brady to that division and that thing is up for grabs. If the Bucks can do what they did on offense and even just salvage a little bit on defense, they're going to score points. That NFC South is going to be so tough. I agree. I think the Rams will be better, but I also think the Falcons will be better. The Falcons anomaly started like 0-6. It's just like so out of nowhere. I thought they were going to be a really good team and I still like that team and they showed down the stretch that they just, I don't know what happened, but they showed down the stretch that that like how they're supposed to be playing and how they should be playing. Um, and they're always prone to upset Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater is an interesting one. I like it. I, I do. I think, I think he'll be good there. And obviously McCaffrey, uh, best running back in the league, no doubt for me um, that that team's always going to be dangerous. So yeah, no NFC South over uh, NFC will be West for me, but uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't disagree. They're really interchangeable as far as four and three go. Um, but yeah. Number two, number two for me, I have Lamar Jackson, obviously MVP last year, Pro Bowler, 13-2 record, didn't play the last game for the Ravens, 36 throwing touchdowns, six picks, also ran for 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, With Lamar, for me, I don't see this offense slowing down. Yeah, people will get looks at them during the offseason, be able to scout them better, but it's the same way with the Ravens. They're going to be able to look at what they did last year and be able to, you know, tighten up the screws on what, you know, went wrong for them, especially in that Titans game and over the little bit over the course of the season. But yeah, the Lamar Jackson train is not slowing down for me. Uh, the tight end usage, Mark Andrews, uh, he was great last year. He's a pro bowler, one of the best tight ends in the league. They lost Hayden Hurst, which will hurt a little bit. But um, as long as they have the running game under control, and as long as they just have capable tight end and wide receivers, it doesn't matter. This team is going to get points. They're going to get a lot of yards. They're going to score. And Lamar Jackson will be at the center of that. And, yeah, I they could very easily see him winning back-to-back MVPs with what his production is. Not, I mean, he's just – you look at him as a running quarterback, but 36 passing touchdowns is incredible. So I have Lamar Jackson number two. I have Lamar Jackson number two as well, uh, took over the NFL last year with his running ability. And then people were like, wait, we got to defend against the pass two and man's three for 36 TDs, like just insane production. Uh, yeah. 43 total TDs uh, with running won the MVP. 
the only knock I have on him is his performance in the playoffs. Uh, you know, that loss in the division round to the Titans was very much so unforeseen. I thought that the Ravens w- were going to absolutely crush the Titans. I thought that, especially at home, I just, you know, that's the only thing with a young QB is you just kind of wonder where their head's at sometimes as far as big game situations. And it's not really Lamar's fault. I didn't think the team played well in general. Their defense did a very poor job of stopping the Titans. Lamar did kind of do it to himself a little bit, had a few kind of key turnovers, but uh yeah, he doesn't make my number one just because of his performance later on last year, but his regular season wasn't nearly flawless. Man was insane. Uh, their defense, too. You know, they, that that team is so well coached. Harbaugh does a great job, and that defense was so underrated. He They helped Lamar out so much. Uh, Mark, Mark Ingram has reemerged with the Ravens and become, uh, you know, arguably a top 10 back again, which is just interesting to see his career kind of like go from the Saints to the Ravens and continue really good progress. Uh, but in general, I was just so impressed with Lamar last year. He makes my number two spot. And I agree, I could see a back-to-back MVP season. I'm a little bit, Mark Andrews for me is a great tight end, but I'm kind of like, I don't really know what they have past that as far as guys that are going to really be consistent for them. I might want to see them make some moves in free agency or the draft maybe. Um, picking up a skill guy for Lamar. He's going to need, I'd like to see him get some possession receivers, potentially or even a big guy that he can throw to. So he doesn't have to be quite as accurate, but at the end of the day, his legs are going to make defenses back up. And when they do that, he is going to be able to unleash. The man has a cannon. He might not be the most accurate QB, but he showed last year that if you back up on him and you give him space to see the whole field, he's going to destroy you. So Lamar at number two for me and you, and moving on to our final position, number one, I had Patty Mahomes. I didn't think this was really much of a contest. I guess there could be some people that could come in and uh, say Lamar's better than Patty. Definitely comment on Twitter. Let us know if you think La- you think uh, Patty is the deserving number one QB in the NFL going into next season. Uh, so his stats, 28 total TDs, five picks, did miss two games uh, with that rib injury. Uh, playoffs, he was outstanding. 12 total TDs, two picks in the playoffs. I mean, dude was insane. That All those games, he was just running the show. I mean, defending Super Bowl champion, uh, when he rallied from 24 down against the Texans, I mean, the dude just has it. Like, he just has it. He's it. And he is the best quarterback in the NFL. He kind of took a backseat to Lamar last year a little bit, but his playoff, you, you cannot argue that he had almost a historic playoff run as far as the ability for them to put up points, struggled in the first half of the Super Bowl, came back in the second half, showed us why he is the best QB in the NFL, had a great second half and led his team to a Super Bowl. That for me is deserving of the number one spot. That's why I had him there. He gets to keep Eric Bieniemy, which is huge. I thought he was going to leave and go to a different team and be potentially a head coach, but he gets to keep his offensive coordinator. His skill positions are intact still for the most part. Uh, lost. I'll give a quick UVA plug. Lost Juan Thornhill, strong safety last year. Should have been on the all rookie team if he wouldn't have got hurt. Man is a beast and immediately started for the Chiefs in the secondary. Huge loss. They'll get him back next year. That defense is still very respectable. Uh, Patty Mahomes at number one, and I don't really think it's much of a contest. Uh, Carson, what do you think? Uh, Number one for me, I have Patrick Mahomes as well. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, just what? His arm talent is just incredible. I mean, it's really comparable to Rodgers Rodgers. when he was coming up in the league. And, I mean, he really does it with his legs quite well. I mean, that's kind of underrated in his game, but he gets out of the pocket and he can get 15 yards on the ground easy. I mean, he's no Lamar running, but he's very capable of getting outside the pocket. And the thing for me that really separates the two is if you have Lamar Jackson down 24 to the Texans, 
like they did against the Titans. They can't come back. Their style of offense is not designed. The way Lamar plays is not designed to come back from that. And so because the Ravens run so much, they just eat up and eat up clock. That's just the way Lamar goes. They can't come back with those big deficits, but Patrick Mahomes can. Patrick Mahomes has the best arm in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes has one of the greatest play callers in my time and Andy Reid. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes, not only is he great himself, but his supporting cast absolutely fits him. Uh, he was MVP two years ago. I mean, there's just, you can say so much about this guy. He is the number one quarterback being Super Bowl MVP. You know, really going up against all odds down late against the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of people thought he was out. He just emerged, came back. And I think with, as long as he has Andy Reid with him, I don't see this guy really digressing at all. I mean, he's still so young, so. I agree. So we both have Patty Mahomes at number one. So we had a bit of a flip flop. Uh, so what our 10, 9, 8, 7 were different. Yeah. Uh, we hit a little stretch where we had six and five, correct? We flipped our fours and threes. We had Breeze and Russell Wilson flipped. And then our top two with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, mm -hmm. uh, we had the same. Uh, good job. Good job. I, I like this one a lot. I liked um, our list. I thought they were very good. Yeah. Very let us know. Uh, when we post this, please let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear it. DM us, comment. You don't have to make it public if you don't want to. I'll always talk football with somebody. So will Carson. Uh, again, my Twitter is at Jackson J. Cox. And mine's at Carson Cox 44. And yeah, that's going to be it. We should be coming up with a NFL draft uh, podcast coming up soon as that is uh, two Thursdays away. So we may be doing a mock draft for that. Uh, give us ideas of what you guys want to hear. Uh, please let us know what you guys want to hear. We want to make sure that we can represent all different types of sports. And if we get an overwhelming topic, we'd love to do it. Uh, but yeah, so for this one, that's it. This is the Cox uh, Sports Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. See ya.